Okay, so we've been on a series of faith, okay, talking about faith, faith for life, faith for this, you know, by faith, you know, Abraham did this, by faith, David, by faith, Noah, by faith, you know, all these people in, in Hebrews 11, you know, in the hall of faith, you know, did these things by faith, you know, and I started, you know, over a month ago asking you, what are you doing by faith, you know? What are you doing by faith? Because faith is not um, your emergency tool. Faith is not only if you're poor and don't know when your next meal is going to come from. Faith, the Bible says that the righteous live by faith. And it says that to please God, we need faith. So you don't need faith just to get saved or just to get healed, but but we're called to live by faith. And therefore, if we're not using our faith for something right now, we're not employing God's power, promises, and everything that he's laid up for us. We're just doing it in our own strength, coming to visit every Sunday. See? Because faith will see the invisible and will seize the impossible. Right? And God has called us to do impossible things. Like, like, God has called all of us to do some amazing things that might seem impossible for you. But with Him, the Bible says that all things are, what? Possible. There's nothing impossible for God. And so, if we're not believing God for something right now, we're not really, you know, stretching ourselves. We're not really believing for the kind of things that God has for us. And so we spent about three weeks talking about healing, and I shared on, you know, my own journey on, you know, having faith for healing and all of God's promises about healing, not just one, not just, you know, not just get anointed and, and pray, pray for me and not just one thing, but all the principles that are in the Bible. I said, you know, I'm going to fight for healing. You know, I'm going to partner with God in faith and stand on all of his promises till I see full healing in my body because it's my promise, it's my right. And I don't live under the law of sin and death that says, oh, it's all just going to get worse from now on. No, 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 no. We live under the law of life and freedom in Christ Jesus, which actually gives me uh, permission to live and believe for divine healing, right? I can live to 120 years and be strong and healthy and not blind and deaf, Right? Like, that's, that's the promise we have. But many times it's become common now to just speak this way because, oh, well, you know, I'm getting older. Oh, well, you know, it's expected. No, don't expect it. If you expect it, then you're putting faith on something else than God's Word. And so when we have a revelation, you know, it changes the way we think, it changes the way we see things, and it changes the way we speak. Therefore, it changes our actions as well. That is transformation, right? And so... You know, we did that with healing, and now what else do we need faith for? And so we're going to talk about finances and prosperity. Just looking to see who's squirming, you know. Like, oh, I hate it when they talk about money at church. Don't worry. If that's you, then you're in the right place. And so we're going to start today, you know, because... Um, Obviously, there's a lot of sacred cows around this, and, um, and there's a lot of uh, misconceptions. And there, let me say this. There's a lot of wounds around the subject. There's been a lot of abuse. 
spiritual abuse, around the finance issue, right? And, uh, and wrong teaching about it. So I really want to encourage you, you know, we are not, I mean, if you've been here long enough, you know we're not that kind of church. And, and so you're just going to have to trust us and see for yourself and see why God speaks to you through the word, right? And what God challenges you, challenges in your heart about this stuff. Because uh, finances and money, it's, it's a heart issue. It reveals a lot of what's in our heart. It's like, it's like putting a mirror to yourself. You know, I was talking to Dr. Matt. He's like, money is one of the number one topics where I can get emotion to rise up in people. It's like, we can talk about anything you want. But you start talking about my money? Ooh, let me get my cane here. <laughs> why? You should be asking yourself, why? Right? And so... Um, Lots of scriptures, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to read a lot of it. I'm going to quote a lot of it. I encourage you to write them down. I encourage you to go home, read them, look them up in different translations, look, you know, and, and do your own uh, research in the scripture. But the scripture talks a lot about finances, okay? It talks a lot about money. And, um, and in uh, 3 John, in uh, verse 2, Two, it says, Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. Okay? A uh, different version says, I wish that you may prosper in all things and be in good health just as your soul prospers. Right? And prosperity is not just about money. Absolutely not. Prosperity is about, you know, growing. It's about, it's about, it's peace. It's joy. It's like, you know, what good is it for somebody to have a lot of money but have no peace, no joy, no marriage, no children, no friends, nobody, like, and there's a lot of people like that, right? Because they've obtained wealth through the, through the world's ways. You know, but God says that he will, add, he will give us wealth and add no sorrow to it. So in other words, you can, you can have wealth and you can still have a good marriage, good relationship with your children, good friends, have joy and have peace and not be afraid that somebody's about to knock on the door and, you know, take all your stuff. You know what I mean? And so there's the world's way and there's God's way. The world's way can have sorrow with it. A lot of times it does. You know, it's like there's a price to pay. <laughs> but God's way isn't that way. God's way adds no sorrow to it. And so prosperity is not just financial, but it's like, you know, do you still have your joy? Do you still have your peace? Do you still have health? You know, how many of you know people that have just become really wealthy, but they work 300 hours a week and they're dying? Right? I don't even know if there's 300 hours in the one week, but I figured I'd pick a number big enough, you know, to make a point, so. Right? So, so there's that too. And that's not God's will. You know, there's people that can't even come to church or they start a business and then they all of a sudden like, you know, leave the church and they can no longer, you know, even read their Bible. Because why? You know, people trade time for money. Right? You trade in your hours and you get some mule. Time is your most precious thing. It's, you know, like... You're never getting that time back. Never. And there's people that live to work and work to live. That's it. Like they're, all their time goes in exchange for money. And that is not God's will either. God wishes that we would prosper. You know, and there's principles of hard working and there's different seasons <clears throat> in life as well. Okay? We should be the hardest workers. 
We should be, you know, ones that seek excellence in everything that we do, the most honest ones, yes. But it is in God's will that you overwork yourself to the point where you have no time, no energy to give your family either. You know, you're like, well, you don't understand. Like, I have a lot of bills. I have a lot of expenses. I have a lot of stuff. Like, my kids are growing up. Now they're going to college. Now they're getting married. Hey, I got five weddings coming up sometime. And I have to pay for four of them. I'm sticking to traditional, you know. And if they're from a different country and their traditions the other way, I'm like, all okay with it. Totally fine. Just kidding. But I'm not worried about it, <laughs> you know. And the difference is like, <clears throat> you know, that, that we need to know who our provider is and make sure that we are in God's system, God's economy system, and not in the world's economy, economy system. And so God's word is full of principles. It, it, is, it, it isn't just one. Like there are so many things, you know, that the Bible talks about, you know, regarding finances, and he's constantly telling us, a few things you're going to see. Like, number one, he wishes that we abound. What does that mean? Is there, is there a money amount on that? No, it just means like that you have more than you need and to be a blessing to every good work around you. Like, it's abundance. Like, you're not worried about money, you know. Like, that would be nice, right? I mean, we certainly went through a season in our lives, you know, when we first got married and, and had all kinds of things going on where it was like, you know, do every job you can, you know, and, and, and work as many hours as you can. And, like, we, you know, we've been there. I think most people have been there, you know. But you never leave God's system because God's system is for whole life. It's not just for a moment. It's not just like, well, let me try it this month, see if it works. It's a lifestyle. Amen? And so, so God wishes we may prosper in all things. You know, in John 10, 10 says the, the devil, the... the um, the thief comes to still kill and destroy, but Jesus came, right, that we might have life and life more abundant, right? And it's interesting, it says life and life more abundant, because it's talking about life, like eternal life, but also abundant life. And I believe that when it says abundant life, it's not talking about heaven, because life in heaven is obviously going to be abundant. We already know, we've read it, there's streets of gold. He went and prepared, he's preparing a house, he's preparing a mansion. For us, like, there's going to be abundance in heaven. Like, there's no question about that. It's what he's talking about. He's like, I came to give you life, eternal life, but also abundant life here on earth. Like, in other words, my will is not for you to, to be in lack and to be in worry. and to Why? Because here's the thing. People tend to be less effective helping others and extending in the kingdom of God and, and having a harder time being generous when they, have, when they don't even have enough for their own rent. So... God wants abundance for us, that we don't have to worry about us, but that we could be a blessing to others. See, in Genesis chapter uh, 12, um, is it Genesis chapter 12? I'm skipping here. So next week I'm going to be teaching on some really clear things, different types of giving and stuff like that. This is the introduction, you know. And, and what I want you to understand today is, is first this. It is God's will for you to be rich. All rich? He said rich. Yeah, I figured. I was going to say like comfortably, financially comfortable. Financially comfortable, right? No. He wants you to be rich. Some people are like, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. You lost me. 
Let me tell you, God's will is not that you would be poor. Right? It's not. I mean, how much help can you be if you're poor? If you're poor, you probably have other kinds of issues too. Like, you know, having to see for yourself all the time. So how can you even like lift up your eyes and look at other people that need help? God's will is for you to be prosperous. You're like, oh, man. I thought I liked this church. (laughs) Worship was so good. (laughs) But see, we need to position ourselves for something that is coming. It's the greatest wealth transfer in history. It's coming. You know, the Bible says in um, um, Proverbs 13.22 that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. We are the just. We're the righteous one, right? We've been made righteous by faith in Christ Jesus. But if our heart's not in the right place, we cannot be trusted with the more. Our heart needs to be in the right place to be trusted with those great, great things, with great wealth. Because if not, what happens is it destroys you. Ashley was here two, three weeks ago, right? He talked about uh, serving God or mammon. Money, serving God or money. You can't serve both. So if your heart's not in the right place and money comes, you will only serve money. You can't serve God. But if your heart's in the right place and you have the right mindset, you know, a a biblical mindset, then when, when wealth comes, it will be your servant instead of you being money's servant. And let me say something, actually. You can be serving money even not having enough. I knew this was going to be a fun topic. Um, how are you going to prosper when the country's economy collapses? Wait, is that going to happen? Is that are you prophesying? Are you like, no, I'm not. I'm not prophesying. I'm not saying that. You know, it's it's possible. I mean, <laughs> if you look at the numbers and you look at like all the free stuff that is. Oh, God. (laughs) It is encouraging more people not to work than to work. So, I mean, at some point, you know, something's going to happen in the economy, but I'm not worried about it because I don't have my stocks in this economy. I have my stocks in heaven's economy. You understand? And that's for all of us. We We can all have that Surety, just like I'm not worried about any virus. Why? Because the Word of God has promises for me that I don't have to worry or fear any pestilence or any virus or anything, and that He has more power, and the blood of Jesus has more power to protect me. And then if I do get sick, He still has promises for me to get healed. It's my inheritance, it's my promise, you know? And so our life. Sh- big part of our life should be about receiving everything Jesus paid on the cross for us to receive. We actually bring Jesus his reward when in our lives we receive and we manifest the things that he paid for on the cross. So I want my life to be a life that is constantly bringing Jesus his reward. He paid for it. Not everybody is enjoying it. It's not just salvation, it's not just health, and it's not just joy and peace, which are amazing, and we should all be 
receiving those things and believing to receive those things in our life because he paid for him. But it is also, you know, the Bible says um, that he became poor that we might be rich. Like, literally says that. I'm not paraphrasing this. Jesus on the cross took our sin. He took our sickness. He took our pain. And the Bible also says that he became poor that we might become rich. Oh, that's just spiritually, brother. Well, I'm glad you're spiritually rich then. But that's not what he's talking about. Right? And like, tick, 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 tick. I don't know. You know, um, Kyle was teaching on prosperity, why God wants you prosperous on Wednesday night. So you should listen to that. It was really, really good. We had a great, great talk afterwards, too, with, with everyone that was here. And, um, you know, God, God wants you prosperous, you know. Like, Jesus paid a price for it. And so here's the thing. When you... Um, I am skipping all over the place. I'm like, where am I? <laughs> Isaiah 61.1, you know, says, uh, let's just read it. It says, um, it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted. Talked about that last week. Talked about trauma. Talked about addictions. Okay. And then it says, um, to proclaim the captives will be released and the prisoners will be freed. Okay? And, and, and it mentions a lot of things that Jesus came to do and the things that we're anointed to also reconcile people with. Okay? Remember, our job is to reconcile people with God so that they can experience and receive these things as well. Okay? But the very first one says here, to bring good news to the poor. And I say, what are good news to the poor? Wait a little longer. It won't be like this bad in heaven. Oh, well, thanks. Gee, appreciate it. No, good news to the poor is like, hey, guess what? Jesus was made poor on the cross so that you could be rich. And I'm purposely using the word rich to make you more uncomfortable. Because we shouldn't have a problem. Just like we shouldn't have a problem with talking about healing, we shouldn't have a problem talking about money. Why do we, right? Oh, it's so private. I don't want anybody to know how much I make. Because you make too much or too little? Because you did that on your own? Or is it a testimony to God's goodness that he has prospered you? You know, the Bible says that God made Abraham rich. He made him wealthy. Very, very rich. God did it. Why would God be doing stuff like that if he don't like you to be rich? Right? Like, why would he... King David, King Solomon, oh, well, they were kings. David was a man after God's own heart. That's what the Bible says. And he was beyond wealthy. But you know, he was also beyond generous. <clears throat> he had wealth. Wealth didn't have him. So when we're uncomfortable talking about money, it's probably because money has some kind of grip on us. I'm just giving you stuff to, you know, think about, you know. You take it to God and then see what he says about it, you know. 
And people get scared when we talk about money in church because they're scared that we're about to go for your wallet. <laughs> Let's be honest. But don't you worry. We already went through that part. And I'm going to be teaching more about that stuff in the next few weeks because we're, we've been, let me say, we've, we've been overly careful in this church throughout the years that to, to never make anybody feel like they have to give or to give by guilt because we know that the motivation of your heart determines the quality of your seed. So if you're coerced or emotionally manipulated or moved to give, the quality of that seed is not even going to be good enough for you. So I'd rather you don't give until your heart's in the right place and that you would see the promise of God, you know, because you give a good quality seed and that you would see the harvest come your way. We have an orphanage in Kenya. And we're building houses, and we have eight kids in one house. Second house is almost finished, built. But we, we have never, ever presented it to you as a, look at these kids, poor kids, give to them. Like, they need your help. Like, they're so, you know, they're orphans. Like, never, never. Because that would turn it into a different kind of giving. And I'm going to talk about that next week. Why? Because God's intention is never to take from you. It's always to give to you. It's always to increase you. Nothing that God ever asked you to do is, is to harm you. It's for your own good. Think about this. He's a good father, right? And if he's a good father, think about you, you know, it, as your children. Wouldn't you want your kids to, like, look presentable, like, look like they, you know? Or would you just let him go out with, like, oh, man, if I say this is going to be, like, I gotta make sure all my kids are dressed up well today, but <laughs> but like if it was the common thing that you just like, you know, always messy and church dirty and like I was gonna say ripped jeans, but today you don't know if that's intentional or non-intentional. I mean, I, it's just weird, you know. But you know what I mean? Like you would want them to like look good because why? It's some kind of reflection on you. Are you taking care of these kids? Are you feeding them? You know, are you like, <laughs> well, now imagine God. We are his kids. How do you think he wants his kids to look? And, and it's not about looks, but, but get what I'm saying. Like, are his kids well provided for or are they struggling? You know, like, and what I'm trying to get you to understand is this part. We need to believe that it's God's will for us to be prosperous and Rich. Say so there you go again. Rich. <laughs> what is rich? Let me tell you, there's not a number for rich. There's always gonna be somebody richer. Just like you trying to lose weight or you know, hit the weights, like you can't compare yourself to others. There's always gonna be somebody stronger, somebody thinner, somebody younger, some so it's not about that. It's about your walk with God and saying, like God, like you bless me. Like for my birthday, I shouldn't say this. Let's just say this. I've found myself in the last 10, let's, let's just say six years. In about the last six years, I find myself not wanting anything. Not wanting anything. You're like, great, no gift next year. Don't do that. 
Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not lack. And sometimes we live in a society where people always want, 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 want the next thing. And they're not happy until they have the next thing. And when they have that thing, they realize that there's another iPhone coming out. You're going to be so judged if you come in with that iPhone 13 in here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Totally joking. No, that's totally great. I mean, I don't like iPhones, but, you know, to each their own. Wow. Let me take notes on this stuff. See, it's just like the enemy's just looking for ways to divide. <laughs> Android, Apple. Like, no. <laughs> so we need, to, we need to believe that God wants it. You know, it's really hard to believe for healing if you don't believe that God wants to heal you. And, there, and there's, there's huge amounts of the church, of the body of Christ, that aren't sure that God wants you healed. So how can you pray you know, for healing, well, you're not sure. Like, that's a divided heart. That's not faith. That's, there's unbelief in that. There's some huge air pockets in that faith. You understand what I mean? So in the same way, how can you, you know, believe for your needs and, and more than your needs if you're kind of unsure, like, I don't know if he wants me. I don't know, you know, like, does he want me to have money or, or does he not want me to have money? Like, I hear that money is the root of all evils. Ah, wrong. It's the love of money. <laughs> So if you're not sure that he wants you to be wealthy and prosperous and what's that word that you're having such a hard time with? What? Rich. <laughs> like, how are you going to pray for it? How are you going to believe for it? So you will default to doing what you can do on your own strength. And sadly, that's a great setup for failure because you live in a country that has a great economy. There's, there's plenty of jobs, right? Like there's so many ways to make money. You could start a business tomorrow and then if it doesn't work, you go and start another one the next day. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like because we live in such a great country, you could almost leave that part out and be like, since I don't know, we're just going to leave that. I have a good job. I got good benefits, I'm good. And you'd be missing out on all the above and beyond that he wants to do with you. So we need to know and be sure that he wants this for us so that we can then believe for it according to his promises and according to the things that he's given us in the word. Are you getting this? you understand? So there's a lot of principles about finances and growing and, and things that we will be talking about. But I, I want us to understand and know this. Like God wants us uh, more than, I'll just say blessed, so that you're, you know, so you feel more spiritual because we're in church. Um, Matthew 6, go, to, go with me to Matthew chapter 6. How are we doing on time? 
Matthew chapter 6, and I'm going to start reading around verse 20, 24, okay? You know the world runs on money, right? We live in a world that runs on money. You can't avoid it. And, um, and so God has a system for this. And you choose which system you live in, and you choose how you prosper. You do this on your own, on your own strength, with what you can do, with what you can get, or you do it as God's way. And when you're, doing, when you're doing it God's way, you don't have to worry about economy collapses, recessions, uh, jobs, not even clients. Like, it's not a worry. I'm not saying don't take care of your clients. I'm saying you don't have to live in fear and stress and worry about the future, you know, because of finances. And so, so we live in a world that needs money. It takes money to run, you know, and that's why the gospel needs money too, to go, you know. Pastor and Carly are preaching to 1.6 billion people in Daystar, on Daystar Television, right? It takes money to run that show. You know, we partner with them. You know, some of you partner with them. Like, it just, it just takes money because we live in this world, you know? There's no greed in that. It's just money is a tool. And it's okay to have money and it's okay to have lots of it as long as it doesn't have you. It's okay to have a new car and it's okay to have a nice car and have nice things for your family as long as they don't have you. Because the moment they have you, you can't serve God and money at the same time. You can only serve one of them. Okay. And so, let's read um, Matthew 6. And verse 24 says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That is why I tell you, not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. See, God's aware of the natural things. And I think a lot of times we, we over-spiritualize God or we think He's too big for the, for the small things. I better not bother Him right now. This is just like, it's just shoes. That's all, you know. I need new shoes. Like, God doesn't care about new shoes. Let me tell you something. God cares about every little thing. You know, the Bible says that he wants to give us the desires of our heart. Like, that's amazing. Not just the needs. Not just like, here's enough food. Uh-uh, no more. You can't have seconds. Like, no. Like, God wants to give you not just your needs, your desires, your wants. And so much religion has preached like Judas. When they see too much and they go, well, that's a waste. There's people that have nothing to eat, and here you are in a brand new car, in a brand new house, with brand new clothes. That can't be God's will. And that sounds so religious and so spiritual and so right, doesn't it? Especially, let me tell you, I've been to the mission field. Me and my wife, we've both been to the mission field several times. We've been exposed to extreme poverty. We know what it's like. But we also understand that it's not, it's not God's heart, you know, for me to like just go without nothing, you know, and, and, and just to give to those people. Like he wants me to have more than enough for me and my family and out of the overflow also give. Do you understand? And we get this idea, and let me tell you where it comes from. In, in, in the Bible, you see the story where um, the woman 
pours out the alabaster jar at the feet of Jesus. It was worship. It was an offering. And she breaks this alabaster jar. You know how much this alabaster jar was? It was one year's worth of wages. So whatever, 30, 40, 50, 60,000, 100,000. I don't know, whatever that was. It was one whole year worth of wages. And, and she breaks it at Jesus' feet as an offering. And Jesus receives the offering. He has no problem with it. Because giving is a spiritual thing. Done through a physical action. But it's a spiritual thing. And so he breaks this. And you know who jumps out and who, who gets offended? The religious one. And Judas. Like, hey, this is wrong. This should have been sold and given to the poor. That's not what Jesus said. So the religious ones, the ones that, that actually are gripped by money, are the ones that think that way. Because, you know, Judas was stealing from the money bag. So it's a religious mindset that says, hey, you, sh you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't have that. You shouldn't have that. It should be given there. It should be given there. It should, it should be done that. And that's jealousy, jealousy, that's greed, that's people that have a problem with money themselves. Like I love what Ashley said, it's like, you don't have a problem with that person's beautiful house, you have a problem with your house. <laughs> you don't have a problem with that person's car, you have a problem with your car. That's why you're judging. See, money reveals the heart. And so the Bible says, you know, where your heart is, your treasure will be also. So where is our treasure? Where do we put our value? Is it in Jesus? Is it in his word? Is it in his kingdom? Right? Or is it on stuff? So let's keep reading, okay? This is like the record quietest service in the world. <laughs> so Jesus is aware of, this, of these things, okay? He's aware of all... All the natural things. He cares about every little detail of our lives. He, he, and let me tell you something. He has more than enough. We act and talk as if God was running out of money. Seriously. We act and talk as if like, uh, uh, you gave him that? What about me? Now there's not enough for me. And, and we're like, like we treat him like he doesn't own the cattle on a thousand hill and silver and gold and Everything and everywhere. Like, like he doesn't know where are all the, the deposits of diamonds in the world that nobody's ever discovered. Like we talk like he's running out. He's not this country. He's not China. He's like, he's the God of unlimited resources. But we act and talk that way many times. And so we need to pay attention to, our, to those reactions, to those judgments, say, whoa, where's that coming from? Where's the real issue? And it's going to be in here. <laughs> you having fun? Yeah. <laughs> so fun. And it says, uh, verse... 26 says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. 
And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And who and why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for, for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little? What? Uh-oh. <laughs> faith. He's talking about faith about stuff. Faith about things. Faith about clothing. Faith about, you know, like, it's not like you have to go on a fast for a new pair of shoes. So just believe, like, hey, God, you know, I'd like a new pair of shoes, you know. Then it says in verse 31, so don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Uh -oh. This is kind of harsh, because a lot of believers, their thoughts are dominated by these things. It's, so what he's telling us is like, you can have plenty of money. But if your thoughts are dominated by things, you, it's like you have little faith or you're just like an unbeliever. And it says, um, verse 32, These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God. You know what the kingdom of God is? It's God. It's His word and it's people. Okay, so what does his word say about this stuff? Seek his kingdom. Seek his, his ways. God, what are your ways of doing things? What are your ways for finances? What are your ways for, 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 for abundance? What, what, how, do you, how do you do this stuff? Above all else, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. How are we doing? feels like the longest service in the world, but it's not. <laughs> we got to get used to talking about this stuff, you know? And if you feel uncomfortable, like I said, it, it's likely that money has some kind of grip or hook or, 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 just, or just maybe a non-biblical mentality about it. Hmm. And so... Um, Um, let's see. How far are we going to go? <clears throat> Do you know that um, God sees poverty as a curse? That's why Jesus hung on a cross. Everyone that is hung on a cross, right? Is cursed. He became a curse for us. You know, if you if you uh, look into Jewish traditions and religion, you see like they see poverty as a curse. Where'd they learn that from? God. And I'm not saying 
that if you're poor, you're cursed. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that we need to take on God's mindset and know that that is not his will for us. And I have to be careful with what I say and how I say, so I'll say a lot of what I'm not saying. Because we've been in cultures too or exposed to people that, you know, they will shun you if you're poor or if you're sick. And they'll judge you because you don't, you probably don't have enough faith and I don't want to be around you because I don't want that to stick on me. And that is so not God's heart. That is so not God's heart. See, the heart of God, see, Jesus didn't stay away from the lepers. In the Old Testament, they did because they would get, you know, what they have. They would, they, they would be, you know, uh, infected with leprosy. So they stayed away. Jesus changed it. He didn't stay away from them. He infected them with what he had, right? And so that's why that mentality needs to change with us, you know. It's like we are trying to infect people with the truth of the full gospel, right? Everything that he paid for us to have, you know, so they can receive that as well. And not stay away from them because we are afraid that we're going to catch the same thing. That's ridiculous. We are to bring people out, you know. You know, how do you say that, Nick? You know, like everybody floats out to like the rising tide raises all boats, right? So when we're all in the same mindset that, wait a minute, God wants me prosperous. And all this time I've been struggling with that. I didn't know if it was okay to pray for things. I didn't know if it was okay to believe for things. You know, I thought it was a waste. I thought God didn't care. Let me tell you, He cares. So we need to change our mindset to know, like, He cares. He wants you to have above and beyond so that you can be a blessing. He blessed Abraham, and He told Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make a great nation of you. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to make you famous. And you will be a blessing to all nations. See, and that promise is for us too. God wants you to be a blessing to bless other people. It's not about you. And I'm going to talk next week about, you know, the difference between a river and a dam because that's the thing, you know. Like, you can be trusted. Like, God will get it through, you know, God will get it to you if he can get it through you. And that's getting into stewardship, you know, and generosity. But many times we just, like, hold on to everything we can have. And we're like a dam instead of a river. And it's like... You know, like, what's the point of God pouring more into you if you're just hoarding? Because wealth isn't for us, is to be a blessing to nations. But we need to change our mindset about, about um, finances. We need to change our mindset how we see money. We need to change the, you know, that taboo about like, oh, talking about money. It's like, man, he's just about to reach for my wallet. And it's like, no, Mm-mm. No, you will never be manipulated or coerced or emotionally moved to give in this place. But we need to believe and put our faith for increase, financial increase. See, because it is actually selfish to say, I'm good, my family's good, we're good, we don't need any more. Because you're not thinking about others. And if you actually became a great vessel, God could put a lot more through you to be a blessing to others. But God isn't moved by need. He's moved by faith. So we don't want to be like whoever he was talking to here, you know, that says there's like unbelievers or you have little faith because you don't even think that God can take care of your needs. God wants to give you your wants. Um, 
one of the most recent stories I, I have. Um, I had a, I have a, a 12, no, it's, it's like a 15-year-old guitar now. Um, and uh, a few years ago, I was like, God, I think I want a new guitar, you know? Now, Judas would have said, why? Give that money to the poor. Aren't you building an orphanage in Kenya? Yeah, we are. And, and God is building it. And that's the thing we can't, we can't forget is that God's the provider of everything. He can be your provider too, you know? But I was like, God, I would like a, I would like a new guitar, you know? But I'm obviously not going to take from, you know, from my grocery money or from like, you know, or, or empty my savings account to pay for a $3,000 guitar, you know? And people again like, what? $3,000 guitar? You're like, hey, make music for the Lord, you know? It's a good guitar. <laughs> and, uh, and that was it. That was it. And then all of a sudden, like, I, I don't know, I start getting like, I start getting like gifts, like people giving me like $500 at a time. And I'm like, I don't need this, but oh, okay, I'll save it, you know, and then $500 here and $500 here, and then all of a sudden I had, you know, I had a, I had about $2,200, and, and then the exact same guitar I wanted, you know, pops up online, and I sent a message, you know, and I made him an offer he couldn't refuse. <laughs> and not only did I get, like, a, like a $3,000 guitar for, like, $2,200, but, you know, God provided all, all of it for it, and I was like, Wow, that was effortless, God. You're so good. Like, you know, like he just cares about everything. But when we start judging other people, you know, and being disgruntled with what we don't have, it's time to look at our heart. Be like, why, why do I have a problem with this? You know, maybe I'm just being a little judgy. Maybe I'm just like, maybe money has a little bit of a grip in my heart. God doesn't have a problem with money. God has a problem with money ruling his kids. Okay? Stand up with me. So now I want you to imagine this real quick. What if you learned the principles and promises of God for finances, and you taught them to your children, and you broke off generations of poverty forever? Wouldn't that be amazing? Like, money's just never an issue for us. Why? Because God is our provider. Like, it doesn't matter where we live. It doesn't matter, you know, where we work. It doesn't matter if we're business owners or we're employees. We always excel. We're always prospered. You know, you don't have to be a business owner to be prosperous. Joseph wasn't a business owner. Joseph was faithful to God, put God first, and he rose up to be the second in command in Egypt next to Pharaoh. Let me tell you, he had more than enough. So we don't put God in boxes of how he has to do things, you know. But we need to be okay with that and know that our heart, you know, is healed and, and it's in the right place for it so that we can receive that, so that we can believe for it, so we can put faith. And if you say, like, I have everything I need, I don't need anything else, then I challenge you, like, all right, why don't you start believing God to pay off, the, you know, finish the rest of the orphanage in Kenya to build like, you can believe for that. Why don't you, you know, start believing, you know, to fill the building fund here so that we can have a bigger container for more people to come and hear the good news, you know? Why don't we, like, believe for things that are outside of your scope of what you don't need, 
You with me? Hmm. I, as you can see, I have so much to say about this, but that's why I have three weeks or four weeks. Actually, I'm the pastor. I can have as many weeks as I want. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and until um, you're comfortable, tell the person next to you, uh-oh, what's he going to say? God wants you rich. Oh, this is like, let me tell you, some people would be judging us hard right now, like who's saying this stuff. Can I be okay with that? It's like, okay. You have a rich father, you know. He's not, he's not embarrassed about it, you know. I love what uh, a, a good uh, preacher says, uh, I'm not embarrassed of the blessing. You know, I'm not, I don't make excuses for the blessing, you know. And if you don't think it's God the one who did it, then imagine what God could do if he did it with you. Amen? Father, I thank you for everybody in this place. I thank you, um, I thank you that your word um, will go into our heart and produce fruit and change our mindsets to be based in your word, God. Show us, show us what you want for us, God. Show us uh, what you want us to believe for. I pray, God, that um, your truth would just grow deep in our hearts. And Lord, that any confusion, any uh, past uh, lies or, or trauma, even around this subject, God, that you would just heal that, that you would um, clear it up, that you would show us where it went wrong, and that you would um, just let us walk in truth about this subject, God. We want to be blessed to be a blessing to nations. We want to be used by you, God, to expand your kingdom, to bless other people, to do great things. We thank you, God. We love you in Jesus' name.